1: They say good fences make good neighbors. But what if that neighbor's biggest problem is airborne? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. New data from the EPA show air pollution from Chicago and 120 of its suburbs is causing smog violations in our neighbor states. And not only that, but Cook County is the worst offender in the nation. Michael Hawthorne is a Chicago Tribune environment and public health reporter, and he's got the details. Michael, let's start with the basics. What is smog and how is it formed?
2: So smog actually is not actually the it's, it's a, a shorthand. It was great for headlines. It actually comes out of London in the 1950s. There was a, a horrible moment where there was a temperature inversion that kept pollution from coal burning smoke. And there was a thick fog and a number of people died and got sick. It was a huge moment in air pollution control. Mm. Winston Churchill was still prime minister, or I guess, his second round at that point. And so the two, smoke and fog, were, were combined in the word smog. It was great for newspaper headlines, right. right? And then Los Angeles, it was a huge problem. You know, you, you have these pictures of thick smoke and fog uh, essentially blanketing L.A. Mm-hmm. It still happens today. Actually, yeah. the worst smog problems in America are still in Los Angeles for a bunch of reasons. Um, but— Technically, smog is ground-level ozone, and one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't—the words can be used interchangeably, but but you think about ozone, you think, well, wait a minute, the ozone layer that protects us from ultraviolet radiation, yeah. isn't that a bad thing? Remember the whole stories about the ozone, oh, yeah. hole, the hole in the ozone layer? So at high altitude in the atmosphere where the ozone layer is, that's good for us, but down low, if we're breathing it, that's really horrible, especially if you have asthma, emphysema, uh, COPD. Um, And what scientists are finding and have found over the years is that that smog, ground-level ozone, is much more dangerous than previously thought. And Mm -hmm. under the Federal Clean Air Act, 1970 Clean Air Act, the law, bipartisan law, signed by Richard Nixon, requires that every five years that the EPA, U.S. EPA, look at the science and say, hey— Is this standard for for reducing smog tough
1: enough? And, Michael, when you say dangerous, what type of damage are you saying that it causes? Well,
2: even low levels of exposure can damage
1: your lungs. And if you
2: have one of these underlying respiratory diseases or respiratory heart diseases, it can lead to premature death. It can lead to missed days of school, asthma attacks. And that's become problematic. And what scientists are finding is that at lower and lower concentrations in the air— smog, ground-level ozone, can
1: trigger asthma and mm. some of these other health problems. Jeez. So we mentioned there, Cook County being the worst neighbor when it comes to this smog, right? How much smog and what kind of violations are we talking about?
2: Well, under a um, um, the latest smog standard, which was uh, promulgated, enacted by the Obama administration after a bunch of political back and forth in the mid two thousand two thousand tens. 2010s, um, the level now is 70 parts per billion in the air. And parts of the country, counties, are what the EPA calls either in attainment with the standard or in non-attainment. And there's monitors all around the country that are measuring on an hourly basis smog. Yeah. So we have big problems. L.A. has big problems. New York. Basically the entire east you know, an urbanized East Coast and yeah. and the West Coast. And what is
1: it that's making us such a bad neighbor here? Is it, does it have to do with wind patterns or is it just well, a where we're located?
2: It's, it's partially, it's it's where we're located. It's also, um, we have a lot of industries still. It's not as as dirty or smog choked as it was, you know, even 20 years ago, but it's still a problem. And then Lake Michigan, Also plays a role, and this is why we're such a bad neighbor in large part to Wisconsin. Yeah. Is that in in summer days, smog is formed another, you know, back to the basics kind of thing. Smog is formed when pollution from car exhaust, diesel truck exhaust, factory smokestack emissions, and volatile compounds like from gasoline vapors and things like that. Yeah. In the summer, they're cooked by the sun, and that's what forms smog. Mm. And so, what happens? We have this dynamic living on Lake Michigan that all of our pollution in the morning drifts out over the lake in the afternoon. It gets cooked over the lake, and then based on kind of those swirling wind and, and climate patterns, it blows back. So it blows towards Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh. or even Door County or or uh, Sagatuck, Michigan. And so those it goes, communities it often goes as have, far as
1: Connecticut, according it to your does. reporting.
2: But, but 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 especially around the Great Lakes, you know, people escape from Chicago in the summer to escape the city and, and relax along Lake Michigan, maybe in Door County or maybe in Sagatuck or mm-hmm. somewhere around Muskegon. And those communities, most years, have more smog violations than Chicago does. So how much smog do our neighbors produce? Not much. I mean, those communities are pretty small. Yeah. And so it becomes a problem, this good neighbor plan, this good neighbor provision, what you talked about at the beginning, being a good neighbor. If, if let's say, uh, Muskegon, Michigan, they, can't, they can only do so much, right? And under this good neighbor provision, if, if, if another county somewhere in the country is responsible for at least one part per billion of that over 70 part per billion violation, Yeah then they're responsible for doing something to clean up their own problems so it's not a problem for their neighbors.
1: So I want to dig into um, the EPA's good neighbor plan, right, because it's expected to take effect in May and uh, be fully implemented by 2026. How does the plan address smog violations in Illinois as well as across the country. So
2: the way previous versions of this regulation have have worked is it, they were all focused on coal-fired power plants, major major producers, major emitters of smog-forming pollution, especially uh, a chemical called nitrogen uh, dioxide. Or, I'm sorry, nitrogen oxides. Also sulfur dioxide. Yeah. So uh, those are also associated with acid rain and other other uh, health problems as well. Um, but but. So coal-fired power plants have been targeted since the late 90s and have had to take steps, install pollution control equipment specifically to be better neighbors. A lot of those coal plants now have shut down. We're in this big energy transition, you know, to cleaner forms of energy. A lot of coal plants have been uh, replaced with natural gas, which still produces when it's burned. It still produces smog-forming pollution, but a lot less than coal does. Mm -hmm. And so what the EPA has found is to get to this health-based level, the 70 parts per billion, just controlling the coal plants isn't good enough. There's not as many around, and the ones, most of the ones that are still around have these pollution controls that are required under law, mm-hmm. under, under federal regulation. So now they're looking at different industries that also form smog-forming pollution. So which new industries have been Cement added? kilns, steel mills. I'm trying to think of some of the other way. chemical plants, you know, some of the other big emitters, uh, oil refineries. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them already have some type of pollution control that's required under the Clean Air Act, but not specifically dealing with smog. And, I see. of course, those industries don't like that.
1: Yeah. The the changes, they're stirring up pushback. Right. So so talk us through that. Some industries are are suing the EPA, I understand.
2: Well, that's and the interesting thing of it is that's just been thrown out since I wrote the story. It's already been thrown out by the Federal Appeals Court in in the District of Columbia. I mean, what was the argument there? Well, they they came up. Well, there's not a lot of arguments they have left because previous a, a previous smog standard under the Clinton administration went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. A unanimous decision in favor of the EPA's smog standard at the time the majority decision was written by the very right-wing Justice Antonin Scalia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's pretty good paper, essentially. And so, but these regulated industries, they still don't like it. They want to kick the can down the road. And so they sued again. And um, they, this time they claimed, you know, there's a lot of legal, you know, gobbledygook in there too. But but essentially what they were claiming is that the EPA cut corners when the Biden administration came in and— looked at what the Trump administration had did, said no, 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 this is not good enough. We're redoing it. They questioned all their computer modeling and their and their basically the trajectory of smog from one state to another. Mm-hmm. And the appeals court is like, nah, you know, y- y- you don't have a leg to stand on here.
1: Some state level businesses uh, they were asking for exemptions?
2: Oh, of course. Wisconsin that blames Illinois for its problems, the the main manufacturers business group in Wisconsin, they want all the blame and all the effort in cleaning up the air to be on Illinois, not on their own polluters, not on their own industries. Interestingly enough, Wisconsin is responsible for three percent of the smog problems in Illinois and Cook County. Mm-hmm. So they need to do something to be better neighbors for us. We're, we're obviously the worst neighbors. Yet the finger is pointed exactly. here. So but because air doesn't stick on, you know, in, on one side of the state border and, you know, air patterns are different during different times of the day, different times of the year. Again, this is really a problem in the summer when a lot of people are outside too. And on those hot summer days, I mean, I've I've been over, you know, visiting friends in Michigan on an afternoon mm-hmm. and it's, you know, cocktail hour or something at four o'clock and all of a sudden my phone beeps and it's, oh, by the way, there's a dirty air alert for New Buffalo.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, And
2: that's, that's Chicago's smog. You know, coming over to Michigan,
1: wow. and you're the one, of course, at the backyard barbecue that's able to explain oh, that to I'm, I'm all a, the friends. I'm a real
2: fun person at cocktail <laughs> at parties hour, in, yeah. at that time. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, in the past, Michael, the EPA has allowed states to um, enforce new as well as amended regulations. So, do you think the agency is going to do that this time around? Well, it,
2: I my understanding from a from a uh, environmental law. Expert, somebody who used to work at the EPA, is it's there's kind of a song and dance between the federal and state governments on this, and so Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, a bunch of other states that need to comply with this good neighbor plan, they submitted what they call compliance plans, um, state implementation plans is the is the bureaucraties for it, and the US EPA rejected them just a couple of months, or well, actually last month. And um, that begins a new clock that the EPA basically comes back and tells the states what to do. Mm. And then most of the time, the states come up with something that they can enforce, that it's not up to the federal government to. But the Clean Air Act does give the U.S. EPA the hammer to basically come in and impose a standard, a Compliance plan on states if they don't come up with one that complies with the law.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, to that end, I wondered how the EPA would address bringing it back to Wisconsin, address complaints from that state where you know industry leaders are saying they can't meet the standards of, of the federal Clean Air Act because of us. And that's because a of common. Our smog. And that's a
2: common thing with pollution control. I mean, you know, the the coal-fired power plant industry, you know, complained throughout the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties that there's no way. They could do anything to clean up smog and acid rain. And then it turned out that once they came up, it was technology forcing. They came up with the technology. They came up with the equipment to clean up the air. And they did so uh, at a much lower price. It was much less expensive than the you know, dire predictions of a, of a U.S. economy destroyed and communities uh, you know impacted by job loss and whatnot. That, that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, for example, that that smog standard in the 90s that the Clinton administration imposed at the time, it was the most expensive lobbying effort by industry in American history and led to that unanimous Supreme Court decision rejecting all of their arguments. And within just a few years, almost every county in the Midwest was in compliance. Interestingly enough, the only county at that time that wasn't was Sagata. Oh, which was largely powerless to do anything about
1: it. Interesting. So what else are you going to be watching for then?
2: Well, there's that. There's also, we have a big issue. These lawsuits have
1: now been thrown out. Yeah, we have
2: a big issue with uh, lung damaging soot, also formed by a lot of these same polluters. We also have a big issue in Chicago that we haven't even talked about right now, but it's all of our diesel truck traffic and locomotive traffic. Um, I wrote a story during the early days of the pandemic that, Air was cleaner around the world, like in New Delhi, India. They could see the mountains in the distance for the first time in decades because the pandemic had shut down economies. Mm -hmm. Not in Chicago. Our air at the beginning of, if I recall correctly, June of 2020 was dirtier than L.A.'s because, you know, we still had Amazon trucks running. We Mm -hmm. still had locomotives moving freight and all the stuff that we've just been talking about doesn't get at those sources, what they call mobile sources. I see. And so that's where, like, the governor, Governor Pritzker's electrification, the Clean Energy Jobs Act, that's where that stuff starts coming in. But it's not necessarily, it, it, it's, it happens different than going after, like, the big power plant or yeah. the big cement kiln. It comes with, over time, you know, combustion engines, diesel engines being replaced by electric I mean, are you also wa- watching to
1: see who will be the, the next person running this city? Could they possibly
2: yeah, that'll have be, a hand in that, making well, some changes there? That will be very interesting. I know I you know, I know I've known Paul Vallis for a long time. I don't know Mr. Johnson, but um you know, I know Mr. Vallis is was big on criticizing Mayor Lightfoot for not being fast enough with re- replacing lead pipes delivering water to homes. But right. in terms of some of these other issues, um you know, there's been talk about reforming the Department of Environment. Yes. You know, that is a place for people to go to try to get environmental justice. But in my experience, when we did have an en- Department of Environment, um, they often deferred to the state or federal government anyway. And so and they were largely they talked a big game under Mayor Daley. Yeah. But they d- really didn't do that much.
1: So it'll still end up being Pritzker's problem. And and the president's problem. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Chicago Tribune, Environment and Public Health reporter Michael Hawthorne. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced by Meha Ahmed, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Catch every episode of Reset by subscribing to our podcast. And when you do, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that more listeners can find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.